0: Hey guys, it's She Sheds Real Light with Crystal Fry and Susan Price,
1: and today's episode is Living in Our Full Potential.
0: So we have got our second guest on the episode today, and I am really excited to introduce her. Her name is Priscilla Bordeaux, is that right? Bordeaux. Bordea. Okay. Okay. So she lives in Michigan, correct? That's correct. Okay. And she um, has a beautiful testimony that she's going to share part of tonight. And also just um, how she lives in her full potential for God now after everything that she's already been through is just a a walking testimony for us to honestly um, want to do the same. And so I'm gonna let her introduce herself as well and just tell you a little bit about herself um, to get us started.
2: Yay, well thank you ladies so much for having me. I'm excited to chat and just dive in and talk about God and all the things he has done in my life, but also just to shed light on who he is and like what he's done and yeah. me so that I can hopefully um, introduce other people to what he can do in them as well um, so yes my name's Priscilla um, I am an identical twin I was born in Texas but raised in Michigan but my heart loves Texas it's my favorite state Dallas is my favorite city <laughs> um, but God has me here in Michigan as a worship and events director at my church, but I'm very fortunate to be able to travel all over the world to speak about my testimony of the power of forgiveness, um, but yeah, I live here in Lansing, Michigan right now. We're the capital city, and um, yeah, I'm really actually loving life right now. God has definitely shown his faithfulness,
0: Well, okay. So Priscilla, we want you to share with us a little bit about, um, the power of forgiveness and what that means to you.
2: Okay. Um, well, in order to like talk about the power of forgiveness, I think it would help the listeners to understand like why I even had to be introduced to the idea of even, Deciding, am I going to go the route of forgiveness? Um, you know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. My dad and my mom come from both like, from large families on both sides. My dad has fourteen brothers and sisters. My mom has eight. And so, when I talk about dysfunction in both of my families, I'm talking real dysfunction. I mean, there's not a single thing that you could probably list that does not exist in one of my like family um, lineage. And so. Um, growing up, you know, by the time I was five years old, I was either five or six. It's funny because my mom and I were talking about it last night. Um, we were watching a show and where the FBI had raided these houses. And I was like, mom, like, how old was I again when this all happened to us? And she was like, you were like five or six years old when the FBI raided all of our houses. Um, keep in mind, my dad has 14 brothers and sisters. So all of my uncles. Their houses, my grandpa's house was raided by the FBI for at the time was one of the biggest drug scandals. And so it was really tough growing up with my last name. Um, All of my uncles except for my father went to prison. My dad was not involved in the drugs, but he was definitely involved in other things. And so um, basically I grew up with my last name being Bordeo and not wanting to have that last name because the reputation of, you know, being all over the news in a major city was just not fun. Yeah. So, by the time I was 12 years old, though, I was molested by two family members. By the age I was um, of 13, I was questioning if I was miscarrying my father's child, who had raped me, um, mm-hmm. while he had taken a pastoral position in Texas. Um, By the time I was 14, I stood before a judge and I lied to protect my family. And then by the time I was 15, I was trapped in a relationship for about four years um, that I thought was actually love, but so far from it. And so by the time I'm in my 20s, you know, I took the road to less traveled. By this point, I start to believe all the lies that the enemy had placed in my mind and in my soul. Um, And that was my... all based on my experience of sexual abuse and incest, uh, I started to believe that these things were normal because by the time you're six, someone's already touching you. By the time you're 12, two more family members are. And then by the time you're you know, 13, now it's coming from your father. Mm-hmm. And um, it really, really sucked. And it was very, very hurtful and harmful in so many ways. Um, and it wasn't until I went to college that I really started to get set free from some of the things. Of course, that was after a journey of, you know, living this double life. I was really, really good at keeping secrets. Um, and in high school, I had experienced um, for the first time, the Holy Spirit and what he had brought to my life. But I had also heard a sermon on the power of forgiveness. And I knew that that was something that I was struggling with and that I would eventually have to decide for myself, um, not just forgiving my father, but also forgiving my mother because she knew about what happened and did not do anything about it. At the time, I really, really hated her, but now as an adult and like understanding the grace of God and the mercy of her and the compassion side of who he is, um, when you really start to understand dysfunction and how things are repeated from generation to generation, not to excuse anything that has been done, it just brings some understanding and clarity to you know what you've been wondering and questioning. Like my mom could not help me because she couldn't even help herself if that makes sense. My mom was also, you know sexually abused, and I think in her mind at the time was, well, nobody helped me, and I don't really know what to do. And so, you know, I think the enemy kept her in bondage. And I I created a lot of anger and bitterness towards her because I really felt like had she done something when I was being raped by my father, my younger sister would have never been raped. And so I dealt with a lot of guilt myself and just hatred. I I think there was even a season in my life where I actually hated my mom more than I hated my dad. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there had to come a point in my life where I had to make the decision where I was no longer going to live this secret double life. Um, you know, it was almost like I was trained to like keep good secrets, and so and I could keep that even in college. I mean, I went to a private Christian college. I was a worship leader all four years, but on the weekends, I'm going to clubs, drinking, partying, you know, going home with complete strangers, and and not have a care in the world because I didn't have any self worth like i didn't know who i truly was in christ let alone know who he was because i grew up in a very religious traditional um church where i knew everything i knew what not to do to the point where i was like questioning like well dang well how do you get to heaven because you're telling me all of these rules and it wasn't until i encountered in college like a personal relationship it's one thing to know about god yeah. versus experiencing and knowing who he is for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I had to make the decision of, you know, forgiving so that I could actually reach my full potential. Had I not chosen to forgive my father and my mother, one, I wouldn't have the relationship I have now, but I would not be set free. I would be in bondage and chained to the power of unforgiveness because unforgiveness has just as much power as forgiveness does. And you have to choose what kind of power and authority you want to walk in. And the Holy Spirit has given that to us. Um, you know, he's, God sent his son to die for us and he made everything available for each and every one of us. And he made it available for us to make it. And I was not making it. So I made the decision to forgive both my parents. And when I tell you that, that the weight of, the unforgiveness was lifted. Like there are no legit words to like describe what it was like to be able to be set free in such a way because it set me free up in such a way that I could be free to pursue exactly the destiny that God called me to.
1: So your key to forgiveness is definitely relationship with God. I would say
2: it's relationship, but it's also a decision, you know, forgiveness is a decision. I believe that a lot of us spend so much time on deciding whether or not the person deserves it and should we, and it's like, no, 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 it's not about the other person at all, actually. Forgiveness is not about even if they deserve to be free in the natural and in the flesh. My father does not deserve to be forgiven. My mother does not deserve to be forgiven. But spiritually speaking, Scripture says, "If I want to be forgiven, I have to forgive." But yeah. put that aside; it has nothing to do with whether they deserve it. It's the fact about it's the fact that I deserve to be free and I deserve to reach my full potential. That's Anything right. to stand in the gap of that has to be removed. But those decisions come down to me. You know, I always I always say this before I say what I'm going to say. Because I always feel like when I say it, it's going to sound a little harsh and I don't want it to sound harsh, but I also want it to, to pierce your heart when, you know, because I feel like no matter what has happened to us, even the stuff that was not our fault, majority of the times when we deal with this kind of trauma, it's not our fault. Like it wasn't my fault that I was raped, but it is my responsibility to heal. Mm -hmm. Nobody can heal me, but me. Jesus already died on the cross. He did everything he could possibly do for us. That means healing's already been available. He's not gonna die on the cross and you know rise again. He's already did that, which means healing and freedom are all available. Joy, peace, everything. And it's a matter of whether or not we're going to walk in it, choose it, decide it for ourselves, because we can't force other people to heal we can't force other people to forgive we can't force other people to communicate I mean just think about it you are responsible for you and I just knew that I was headed down a really really bad path and I knew that yes it is through Jesus Christ God is the answer but I also believe that it comes down to choices we have to decide what we want
0: yeah I love the fact that, and I want to almost reiterate to people listening to this, that you need to resonate it in your heart that you deserve healing. Point blank. No doubt about it. You deserve healing. Let that resonate. Let that um, almost simmer into your heart and, and believe that that is what you deserve through Christ because of what Christ has done. You deserve that healing. You have a choice to take to um, walk in that. And I think that it's one of those things where um, a lot of people think that they're not not worthy of that healing, but we all deserve that freedom and that healing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have a question for you, or it's kind of just one, a topic that I want to talk about too, that I really feel powerful about and that's generational curses. Um, now for you living in a generation where something had happened to you, um, Let me know or or tell me how you believe that we don't live in those generation, generational curses and how we step out of those so that we don't carry those on into our families and the families after that.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like anything that you're fighting for. You know, it's first of all, you have to recognize what a generational curse is and you have to recognize where it does actually lie within you. um so for instance you know again it doesn't excuse and nothing that i say excuses what my father did there's nothing that could ever excuse what he did but what helped me when it came to extending grace was and and to give me that the courage to forgive was knowing and understanding that my father too was raped by his father Mm -hmm. and how that was passed on to him and how he he repeated that cycle of what he experienced. And it wasn't just incest and sexual abuse that were passed down. You're talking drugs. My grandfather, uncles, I have cousins that to this day are still following that path. Um, Which is crazy because you would think that knowing the history of all of our uncles going to prison, you would think that that would turn you away. But see, that's how the enemy works. He wants to keep not just one person but if he can keep a whole family in bondage he feels winning so it only takes one person to break a generational curse Mm -hmm. you know it's i had to make the decision was where i said i no longer want to see this in my family incest has to stop with me and so it's why i'm a big advocate for girls been sexual abuse but also an advocate for perpetrators getting help while they're in prison so that when they come back out they're not recommitting crimes that's a whole other topic but Um, I think recognizing what a generational curse is, and that's something that is passed down from generation to generation, and it's not just a spirit, it's an actual, can form into a physical thing. Um, Everything starts in the spirit, no matter what it is. It starts in the spirit, and then it manifests in the flesh. And, but again, we choose whether or not we are going to walk in a generational curse. We're gonna decide if we're gonna pass that down. And it's even simple things like, just think about the natural things that you grew up with in your home maybe your parents were yellers <laughs> like my wow. parents my dad was a yeller all of my siblings were all yellers and sometimes like we're just yelling just in a regular conversation we're not mm-hmm. even arguing but other people would be like are they in a fight are they arguing right now <laughs> we're, like, arguing. we're just like in a debate but we talk so loud because that's how our parents were or even just like if you, like my mom, like she tends to not always have the courage to speak up sometimes. And so like, even the personality traits are passed down. Yeah. Um, and so just recognizing like what it is that you don't want in your life. Um, and you know, going back to like, even just like with my father, you know, I really truly believe that God has been able to give me this ability to see that, you know, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. but heal people, heal people. And me being able to see that and know that and experience that and extending forgiveness and and seeing what it's like on my father's end, you know, to experience that. You know, he told me one time, he said, Priscilla, he said, I wish that I could have done with my father what you've done with me. And had he been able to forgive his dad and done what God has called us to do, um, because everything we need to know and how to do and what to do, it's right there in the Bible. The Bible is our blueprint for our lives yeah. and how we're supposed to respond, react, and handle things. And when that doesn't get revealed to you, go to your prayer closet because God will reveal exactly what you need to do. Sometimes it's just a matter of just being still and and not doing anything. But for the most part, I mean, there just isn't anything that I have not found in the Word of God that has helped me and caused me to be exactly where I'm at today.
0: Yeah. Um, I love the scripture from Romans. It's Romans 10, 13, and it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that makes me know that deliverance is offered to everyone. So generation to generation, like if you want that deliverance from whatever that, maybe, you know, might have happened in past generations. Like you were offered that um, yeah. all you have to do is call on the Lord. So I think that that is so important for people to know is that they don't have to live in that bondage. They don't have to keep making or keep creating that same cycle that that is offered to all of us, no matter, no matter where we are or what's been, what's happened to us. Like we can change that.
2: Yeah. I think that's just the beauty of who Jesus is like. The fact that God sent his son, the perfect one who did nothing wrong, who was perfect in every way, to die for us, the imperfect ones, should say it all. Like, that in itself is just like, what? Wow, that's grace. But the fact that he made a way for every person to make it, including the ones that we as human beings, our flesh says we want to discount and not include, you know, Scripture says the way into heaven is to is through accepting Jesus Christ into our heart. That is the entryway to heaven. So that means even the people behind bars, the murderer, the rapist, the thief. I mean, Jesus was hung on the cross next to a thief. Like, think about the beauty and the fact that He made a way for every person to make it. Yeah. And if I want to be Christ like, I I want to reflect that in my walk as well. I want every person to make it. Now, some people are going to make it behind bars and that's cool. Like, I'm okay with that because there is God's law and there's man's law and we are to obey both. But the law on either side does not determine our entryway to heaven. It's by accepting him. And that's the beauty of who he is. And he's just made so many things available for us. And I think it's just a matter of fact that we don't always take advantage of all that he has offered us. And until you take that, until you recognize that, How can you reach your full potential Mm
0: -hmm.
2: when you don't grasp what all that he has done for you, all that he has made available for you? I mean, everything you're talking about, the God almighty, the miraculous, that means everything that he has done that we are capable of doing too in his name. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's powerful.
0: Yeah.
1: um, We had talked before about categorizing sin, which is kind of what you're talking about too. Yeah. You know we we see these people that have done these horrible things but they're no different than the person who's done a lighter sin because they're all sins but yet you know we we had talked about too like they don't deserve forgiveness but we don't deserve god's forgiveness and yet right. he extends it to us um but what you've been through and the fact that you can do that and you've been able to break those cycles break those chains and those walls have been able to crumble down, and you can have that relationship with your dad, I'm sure is probably the most freeing thing, not just on your side, but his side, because you're showing him, or you've shown him to love like Jesus loves.
0: Yeah. And
1: that alone is amazing. And, you know, from own personal hurts and stuff that we, you know, we've been through on our end, I can say that it's not easy to accept those apologies, or it's not easy to forgive without an apology. But the fact that, you've done that. And now you are living in your full potential because we can't live out our full potential. If we're holding on to those things and that bitterness and unforgiveness, mm-hmm. we're able to reach it once we've let that go. And I've seen that in my own life by holding on to things. It wasn't until recently over the past couple of years where I started healing, like you were talking about, where yeah. God was able to actually use me, not saying he can't use unhealed people because he can, but your full potential comes in once you've let go of all those things that you've dealt with for so long. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, well, you don't realize what you're capable of until you cross over to the thing that you thought you couldn't do. And then you're like, wow, I I actually did that. And I just want to clarify to you because I don't want anyone to think that it's a lack of love if you choose to not have a relationship with somebody who has caused harm. That was a personal choice that I made for me. Um, statues of limitation in my in my situation was lifted. So there's nothing legally that can happen to my father. Um, I can openly talk about it and, and nothing can happen to him legally. Um, but I mentor um, a lot, a lot of girls as an advocate through the courts, always tell them that they do not have to make the same decision that I made. What so I always, you know, forgiveness is, um, I believe it's mandatory of every believer. Um, but what is optional is reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Um, reconciliation is optional, but it takes two people to reconcile. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not always the best scenario. And that's not always what has, that's not always the outcome for some people and that's absolutely okay. But what is available for every person is forgiveness and reconciling with themselves. And so I just want to make sure that that's clear that sometimes we, when I tell my story, I think people think like, well, she forgave the perpetrator and now I have to forgive and have this relationship, but I don't know how to have this relationship. And it's like, no, you know, my situation was different. It's a one of a kind situation. Um, Granted, I will never have um, a father daughter relationship the way God intended for it to be. But it is different, you know. I can be in the same room in, in my dad and not be moved. He lives in a different state, so I don't see him every single day. But it's it's a heart posture more than anything. It's how do you feel when that person who has harmed you, wronged you, talked bad about you, um, came against you? How do you, how do you feel when you're in the same room as them? Can you maneuver normally and or or even if you feel a little something, can you push it aside to complete whatever it is that needs to be completed that night? Can you endure the night without you becoming a big mess? Um, and so that's that's what more what it is. It's a heart posture of you know how you can handle on yourself and behave and 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 just like can you freely be yourself? Um, now I always hear people say this and I agree with it 100% you know forgiveness is a process you'll hear that with almost anything that has to be applied in our walk with anything but I and I agree with that but I also want to emphasize that the process how long the process is is completely up to us everything still comes down to decision I can decide how long I want to stay in this part of the process or I can move on to the next process. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I just feel like sometimes we can use, well, it's a process as an excuse to stay where we're at. And God has called us to to be more than, you know, more than dependent on our circumstance. He wants us to be dependent on Him. And so we don't have to stay in that situation, long. I feel like when you've been hurt and you've been wronged, feel what you got to feel go through the you know through the emotions the of like you know healing you know sometimes you start off and it's really you're really really hurt you're crying then it turns to anger but it's that anger part where i feel like the decision part has to start start creeping in because if you don't make a decision soon that anger then starts to turn into bitterness and then that bitterness starts to turn into hatred and so now we're in this cycle of we're no longer just hurt we've crossed over to this other side of the process. And I think people stay too long there and then they'll say, I'm still in the process and then they're stuck. Yeah. The only way to get unstuck is to let go and to forgive, forgive yourself, forgive others. And that is a daily thing. We have an opportunity to be offended almost every day. You know,
1: what you said about, um, reconciliation takes two people. I couldn't agree more of that. And definitely, if you're in a situation that is harmful to yourself, to forgive, not necessarily to forgive, you can forgive that person. But that doesn't mean you have to continue a relationship with that person. That's Just right. to make that clear for anybody listening who, you know, is having a hard time forgiving. And that, that doesn't mean you have to continue in a relationship or even talk yeah. to that person anymore. But forgiveness is for yourself.
0: Well, and I think, too, is like when we look at it, as you said, too, is that everybody's story is different. Yeah. I mean, nobody. Yeah. it doesn't matter if, if I had been through the same thing that you had been through with my father, which I didn't, but my story would still be different than yours. So yes. I think when everyone is, is looking at it as a whole, it's what, what do they do... If, From where they have been, in order to reach that full potential of what Christ has destined for them to go to, like how do they walk through that process, through that, like you said, without harboring, but you know, learning and growing and um, digging deeper with Christ in order to move forward into your full potential. How did how did you get from where you were? And you said you were drinking and all that kind of stuff too and, and, and kind of not being in a relationship with God. How did you get from there to really saying like I am going to move forward now? Um,
2: honestly, I am so thankful for the local church. I think that everybody should be plugged into a local church. You know, our culture right now, you know, we I feel like it's too many of our generation relies on YouTube videos and instagram sermons and there's just nothing like being a part of a community in a local church you know i forget i think people forget that the people that they're watching are actually pastors who are meeting a congregation and i'm just so thankful for the local church And the first thing i would tell them is one get counseling because counseling and christ go hand in hand it's not one or the other it can definitely be both but two get get plugged into a local church because If it wasn't for my local church and for for a dorm pastor that i had at the time they just really invested they saw the purpose and destiny that god had in my life because i definitely did not see it and i honestly didn't really care at the point at that time like i just didn't care like i i was having fun i was being rebellious um and that was out of a place of just i think fear of facing some of the things that i needed to face um because healing is hard right like it's it's hard to heal and to face some of the things that, that you don't want to face. I mean, nobody wants to relive and face a rape of their father who was a pastor where you had to maneuver through, you know, daily home life and then church life. And for me, like my house was connected to our church. So there was no separation. Everything was intertwined. And so it was really difficult and really confusing. And I just, you know, I questioned who, who, could this God be that would allow such things? And again, it wasn't until, you know, I got to know who Jesus Christ was for myself. I experienced Him. but when I was at a local church, um, my pastors and mentors at the time, you know, I really began to share what had happened in my life, why I was making some of the decisions I was making. And I went through this healing class called Bethesda and it was just so refreshing for me because even though I had already made the decision to forgive, it was now, um, facing facing some of the things that I now needed to deal with because as a result of some of the things that had happened and it was after that that I was able to truly be set free by a class that I went to. I went to counseling but I also trusted my leaders who just invested in my life and it was just, they just began to tell me like but Priscilla like God has a purpose and a destiny for your life and I'll never forget that there was a season where my head pastor who their pastors of a very large church in Texas. And, um, you know, she did everything she could to try to help me. And I say that because it took a while. I mean, I was almost taking advantage of God's grace. You know, they kind of told me, Priscilla, like, we're trying to help you. Every pastor on staff is trying to help you. And, you know, I, we just want you no matter what's going on we're trying to help you we in order to do that you have to be honest and so i kind of took it as well as long as i'm telling the truth i can still do the things that i'm doing and it got to a point where one time my pastor and i were at lunch and i just felt like something different like she wasn't the same i knew she was disappointed in me because i was still hooking up with people that i should not have been with and she put her fork down on her on her salad plate and was just like you know priscilla At the end of the day, it's actually very simple. You either love God, or you don't. You either wanna pursue the purpose he has for you, or you don't. You either want to change, or you don't. And she just began to ask, me, like, say those statements. It's either this, or you don't. Either this, or you don't. And it was so powerful to me. And um, I listened, and it was like it got my attention, and this light went on. Mm -hmm. And it came down to, It's either this or I don't like, what do I want for my life? I was tired. I was not wanting to stay in that position. And so again, it came down to a decision. I had to choose, am I going to change? I had to change my friendships, my relationships, the music I listened to the things I was watching. Um, you name it, decisions have to be made, and drastic decisions had to be made. I had to fight for my destiny, and guess what? I'm still fighting for my destiny, because the moment I decided I'm no longer gonna do that, guess what the enemy's gonna do? He's gonna come even harder, and try to bring everything against you. And that's just how tricky he is, but I'm a lot stronger now. I'm, I'm, I'm deeper in the word of God. I'm, I know the power that I have through the Holy Spirit. I know who I am in Christ. Um, And you get to know who you are by just reading the word of God, by spending time with God. So you don't find your identity in the person who gave birth to you. You find your identity in the person who gave you life. And that is Jesus Christ. And it was like the moment I started to understand just who he is, things started to unfold. It's never perfect. He doesn't call me to be perfect. You can perfect things, but I'm not striving for perfection. You know, I'm striving for a holy walk with Jesus, and you know I'm I'm just as human as anybody else. Like I I still struggle with things, but I don't stay there as long as I used to. You know, it was just like this drastic change happened because of a choice. Um, and it, like I said, it's not because the enemy didn't want to pull me back in, but I w- what what was stronger in me was I wanted something different. I I knew just even looking at some of my family members, you know, cousins, and, 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 and just people that have been in my life that I just was like, I know what I didn't want. And I had to figure out how to get what I wanted. And that was through a lot of decision making and, and having mentors pour into my life and, and doing what they've actually asked me to do, you know, getting healed and going to my classes and going to counseling. And I did all of that, and by the grace of God, I've been set free from so many things. And it's amazing because, you know, now it's like I'm able to give back to other girls who've been sexually abused. I've been able to help um, other families who are dealing with, you know, some the high dysfunction, and and how do we tackle on, you know, generational curses? How do we be the person that says we're going to change it for our family? You know, I'm a big, big advocate for that. Like, you be the person to change it then. You don't see it in your family, you be that person. Fight for it. There's it only starts with one.
0: I um when you were sitting there talking, I was thinking about how how you know, there's so many times that I have even been like sitting on the fence ledge, you know, like I'm just kind of like wavering on the fence, you know, kinda I could go to this side or I could go to that side and it's kinda yeah. like a happy place, just sitting right here on the fence, you know. Yeah. In my life. And and that's really truly like how it's been, you know. And, Until I seriously was kind of like, this fence life is not doing much for me anymore. You know, I'm going to have to decide like which side I'm going to go to. And I'm going to have to fully commit myself and abide in that. And that's when I feel like you start seeing your potential as a as us, as coming to Christ, you know, you see your potential as having that relationship, you see um, where you're, where you're moving to. And, and I think that it's, it's such a eye opening thing versus kind of wavering on a fence going like I could go here, I could go there. And I mean, I feel like we've all, we've all done that, but I love, I love that analogy of like, you know, I think I've heard it before. It's just kind of like sitting there hovering over the fence in the middle of it, deciding which way you're going to go. And, and I can't, um, express enough the beautiful, the beautiful decision that you make and to cross over that fence and say, I'm going towards God, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's simple in the sense that you follow the light, right? He is like, you know, everything that's attached to the enemy is darkness, right? His entire agenda is to what? When you ask people, what does scripture say his agenda is? It's to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm -hmm. Everything about that already sounds dark. Like there's nothing pretty glamorous about that at all. Why would anybody want to be attached to kill, steal, and destroy? You know, like you don't want that in you. You don't want it around you. So it's like follow the opposite of that. Like follow where the light is taking you. And Jesus is light, he is love, and do everything in love, and you will drastically see your life change. Yeah. I mean, love is a beautiful thing, and it's the greatest commandment that he's given us, and it's powerful. It's powerful to choose love, and if you choose love, then it'll be easier to forgive. If you choose love, it'll be easier to have joy. Everything comes out of love.
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was thinking, too, when we talk about those generational curses and choosing love, um, that's a big thing in order to ha- see the generational blessings from the generational curses is to choose love in the next generation. You know, like, are we choosing love in our families now? Um, are we constantly kind of looking at the agenda of, are we showing God in, in our homes? Are we showing, you know, like what are we choosing over and in stopping those generational curses and informing generational blessings for the next generation? Is that a question? No, (laughs) (laughs) no. I was just kind of like like, thinking out loud, you know,
2: (laughs) I a hundred, I a hundred percent agree for sure. Like, absolutely. Um, Love is like the pathway to everything, you know, for our families, our jobs, our everything, like our relationships, ourselves. You know, I think it's like I said, it's the greatest command commandment, and it wouldn't be the greatest if Jesus didn't say it. You no. know, and he knew that we would need it. <laughs> he would. He knew that we would have to decide to choose it. But even in that, like, there's always the opposite. It's kind of like, like I said, you know, you know the enemy's agenda. You know that Jesus' agenda. It's the same thing with love. You know, what's the opposite of love? It's hate. And so knowing that, I feel like when you know that, it's easier to decide. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, love or hate? Everybody wants love, right? Everybody wants to feel loved and accepted. Everybody wants to be seen and be known. Everybody wants to overcome. It's just a matter of are they going to decide to do what it takes to overcome, to do what it takes to love, to do what it takes to change, you know, some family um, lineage stuff, stuff that you're like, I don't want that in there. But there's also, like the, you said, the blessings, the things that you're like, yes, I want this passed down. You know, I had a praying grandmother. I want that passed down. My mother is a prayer lawyer, you know, and it's like, wait, I want to be that too. So even though there were things in both sides of my families and both my parents, that I absolutely do not want in my family. You know, there are still some good things in there. Um, I love what that quote says, you know, anybody can find the dirt in anybody, but be the person that goes and finds the gold.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: I had a praying grandma too, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we both did. And so you're right. I didn't, I hadn't even thought of it that way, but there's, you have to make a choice of, what things are worthy of passing down? What What's valuable to pass down? And um, I had added scripture, um, Ezekiel eighteen twenty. It says, the one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them.
0: That's
1: good. Yes. I mean, even in scripture, like, the command is not to, to punish you know, the child for the parents and what, what they're going through or vice versa, but yet we tend to do that. We, we carry it with us and punish people in our lives for the things that's happened to us. And I've, I've talked about that before. So putting fault on someone else for something someone else did to me and, and blaming them for it. And they had no hand in it at all. Yeah, that was Ezekiel what again?
2: Ezekiel 1820. That's right okay yeah that's that's such I haven't heard that verse in a minute but man that's such a good verse to like remember and to think about I wrote it down so I can meditate on it a little bit more um, but that's so powerful and so true because it's funny because see Jesus knew all the things that we were gonna deal with and struggle with right so he that he's already like telling us ahead of time like hey don't go blaming everybody or don't blame each other you know it's like Every verse you can, that you can think of, you know, when it talks about, you know, God knew that the nights were going to be the hardest for us because his scripture says, you know, that morning may last in the night, but what comes in the morning? Joy. He knew how we would be. He knew that at night we would be the ones crying to ourselves in bed and like how hard nights were going to be for us. But that's why he ahead of time says, hey, don't worry. You, you may be mourning right now in this season and your night may be during the afternoon. But there's joy in the morning. It's available. But same thing. You gotta choose. Are you going to choose joy? See, people mix up what joy really is, no matter what the season is. Joy doesn't mean that everything is joyful. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It just means that and then you can choose the joy you can choose the joy of the the emotion behind joy you can choose to be content and consistent and and trust that god is doing what he's doing best and that's he turns all things into good for those who love him that is scripture that is a promise he cannot go against his promise and so you know it's the same thing you just it's it's
0: all choices Mm Mm-hmm. Um, to go with that scripture, I wrote down Luke one, um, 50 and it says "And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And I think that that is what we can kind of look towards is like that compassion and that, that mercy that he offers is for those who um, seek him from generation to generation, no matter what, like that, that's for us. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, I, I really, I love the generational thing, but I, and we'll have to talk more on that because I mean, later at another time, because generation stuff, especially with me living in a, in, in a house and, um, growing up in, in such domestic violence and then seeking that and realizing like, I don't, I had to come to a, a point in my own life that said, I don't want, this isn't what I, I want to continue to do I I don't want to to take this generational thing on I want to 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 bring generational blessings and like how do I step into that and um but I have a question for you and um to kind of end this with for our listeners and that is how, or what kind of advice would you give to someone who is, who is kind of wavering on one side or the other and and not really walking in their full potential, um, to say like, this is, this is how, um, a piece of advice that says like, this is what it is to live in the full potential that you've gained from it, or kind of something of that sort. Like, what would you give an advice of you, you are now living in your potential of like where God has called you to be like some advice for the listeners, just to say like, this is how it feels to live in your full potential.
2: Well, I would say what it feels like is there's this heart of gratitude because there's this abundance with Jesus Christ. It's never the rewards are are never ending and the blessings of God are never ending. Um and so choosing him and choosing his route and his way will always outweigh anything. You know, you know, part of what I get to do is, you know, when I mentor girls who have been sexual abuse, you know, it is not as glamorous as people think it is. You know, but it is one of the most rewarding jobs that I get to to encounter with people because I get to be Jesus to them. I get to share Jesus with them. And that is one of the greatest commandments that have been called to all of us who have chosen Jesus. We're all called to make disciples and to tell people about him. Um, but if they're questioning on like what side they should be on, um, you know, I feel like they'll all, we'll always kind of be in that space of like the next chapter, the next season, we'll always have the opportunity to choose. And it's kind of like what I said before, you always want to choose where the light is. You always want to choose where love is. You want to choose the God way, because that's the only way to reach full potential. It's the only way to reach destiny. And it's not because there's, you know, it's super easy or because it all feels good. Don't make decisions based on how you feel. You know, our feelings are they're they're indicators that that something's going on they're not dictators to bosses around and control us we have authority through Jesus Christ to make good solid decisions and allow wisdom um, from the Holy Spirit allow wisdom through mentors to hope sometimes it's like we can't make decisions on our own we need people to come alongside us and say hey that's the wrong way you got blind spots that you can't see I want to help you Will you give me permission to speak into your life every Tuesday night? That's what I do with my girls at remarkable. If you give me permission, I want to be able to speak into your life. So find people that you can, that you can come alongside you and call you up, not call you out because it's not the same thing. See, Jesus isn't, I don't feel like his heart is to call you out. He is to call you up. And sometimes in order to do that, you know, he wants to reveal some things to you and it's out of relationship. And again, it's, everything he does is out of love. And I think we have to do the same thing. Everything has to be out of love. And when you do that, you're going to realize you're walking in exactly what God's called you to do. If you want to find purpose, you find that in Jesus Christ, who is he? He is love, and that's exactly what you got to do. And then everything else will fall into place.
0: That's good. That's good thank you for sharing with us today um we really really appreciate you coming on the podcast and just opening your heart and pouring out because it's hard to be vulnerable i think at any time for anybody and i think that it's just um such an inspiring thing to hear um, the stories of people, how they have walked through it, and, you know, where they are now in um, their walk with God, and how they're pouring and loving on other people at this point in their life. So thank you for sharing that with us, and um, we hope to kind of do this again soon, maybe. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely, yeah. I feel like we definitely highlighted a lot of, like, where I'm at now, and I just want people to understand that it wasn't always the case, you know, like I said, I was, I went through a lot of unhealthy relationships and a lot of really dark places, but again, it just came down to choices. And I, I hope that it encourages people that wherever they're at, you know, I, my, my thing is, you know, when you're, when you're representing Jesus, you, your goal is to meet people where they're at, yeah. don't, don't leave them there, you know, bring them up and, and help people reach where they're supposed to be. And, and by helping other people, you in return will also reach where you're supposed to be. That's right. Um, but fight for it, man. Fight for your destiny. Fight for where God wants to take you. I mean, there are things that you got to do on your own, and I hope it encourages people to self-reflect on some decisions that they have to make and some changes they have to make so that they can reach, you know, you're talking destiny. You know, not we're not talking just a job. We're not trying to get a, a job interview. We're talking, <laughs> you know, fight for that.
1: Believe
0: yeah. In
2: that. Yeah.
1: I think our missions are the same because yeah. – We want to meet people where they're at. That's what this is all about is shedding light on the hard things in life that people don't discuss, but also seeing the beauty in those hard times and how faithful God is and where we can come from that if we allow God to use us and work in us. And so our mission is to love on people exactly where they are. That was one of the first things we said is like, come as you are. We want to meet you where we're at and just love you where you're at. That's
2: cool. I love it. We definitely share the same heart in that. And I think God's going to use you both in a very big way. Um, You know, I think that you'll surprise yourself. It'll be one of those things where you realize, oh, I didn't know we had that in us. You know, and (laughs) that's the beauty about God. He's going to be like, all you had to do is be obedient and say yes. And watch what he will do with your yes.
1: So good. So good. Thank Thank you for that.
2: We'll be praying for you too. I appreciate the prayers. I definitely can use them. All
0: right. We'll talk to you later.
2: All right. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.